Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now, this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast host Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jon Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public, the list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now lovey. 
I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Hi, today we have a special crossover bonus episode for you where I talk to Talking Fed's Harry Lippman live from this weekend's Texas Tribune Festival. I hope you enjoy it. I'm Harry Lippman of Talking Feds. I'm really pleased to welcome, I want to say Molly Young Fest, but I, I keep reading that it's Irreverent Molly <laughs> Do you sometimes think your first name is Irreverent? There were, were there many kids in school who had uh, the irreverent, irreverent name on them? Yeah. When, did, when did you become Molly John Fat irreverent? Irreverent is such a weird yeah. thing to have as a describer. As a moniker, yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's not into, you think it's like a little no, shaded? I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. No, um, irreverence, great. Yeah. I've been called much worse. Even, <laughs> even today. We're in the middle of like a million different legal, like just everybody is in legal jeopardy, right? We have, I mean, Trump is the main event, but there are a lot of other satellite events. What case do you think right now seems the most open and shut to you? Oh, open and shut. That's not where I thought you were going, because I don't know if it'll open and shut in the time we want. But the most open and shut, I actually think, is the Mar-a-Lago case. The documents. The doc, it's so straightforward. The law is so clear. All it has to be, you have classified documents. We know that. It says that on them. You take them (laughs) and you know you're not supposed to. And, you know, it just gets stronger and stronger every day. Killer evidence. So it's such a weird time that where, you know, teeny little things, pieces of knowledge you've acquired over 20 years have all some political significance, (laughs) removal and burden of proof, but it it actually matters. So here, this witness who came forward, who we learned about a couple days ago, right, Molly Michael, she's going to bury him because she's the, she is unimpeachable, tried to stay with him, nicely well presented, and will say, oh yeah, when he found out I was going to talk with the FBI, he said, you don't know anything about those documents. (laughs) You can like the the jury, right? right? And that's we we focus on Sonny the Bull Gravano or maybe Mark Meadow, but but they'll have bruising cross examinations. I think John Laura will just weep and say no further questions. What are you going to do with a with it? So so Mar-a-Lago. Okay, now I got one for you. I'll stick with the irreverent theme. So. This is getting a little, is this a little more meta and reflective? Go for it. I love it. What do you see as, because, you know, truth be told, you're very sort of substantive and trenchant, but through Mm -hmm. the prism of irreverence. Right. What do you see as the kind of role of irony, wit, humor, and actually the, you know, the the mission of journalism of, you know, not just imparting facts, but giving the kind of point of view that hopefully will make people see the the stakes here. 
The goal is always honesty, right? I mean, I'm on the opinion side, which gives me a lot of freedom. I don't have to not say what I think, whereas like a straight reporter needs to be able to tell a story without I mean, of course, we always know, right? But without their own personal bias, whereas I don't have to do that. But I do feel like there's even more impetus on me to be honest and to be honest about when I'm looking more at a case. More because of your... Because I'm on the yeah. opinion side. Oh, 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 well, yeah, on opinion. And also because the goal here is always honesty, right? Yeah. So it might be funny that there's nothing we can do about the fact that the world is so deeply insane. Mm-hmm. I think if it were less insane, it might be less funny. You know, you have to laugh to not cry. The thing is, right, the Republican frontrunner has four indictments and a superseding indictment. And he can't stop yeah, winning. So. But I mean, that's, <laughs> it's preposterous. But on the face of it, like, imagine, think of Gore Vidal writing about this. I mean, he wouldn't believe it. He wouldn't. I mean, I was listening to some of his writings on the plane on the way out here, and he was talking about how George Bush was so beyond the pale. Right. George Bush <laughs> is thought of as, like, now a statesman. I mean, not uh, by me, but. Yeah. You know, as a painter and a... Richard Nixon. Right. Ron Trump's the best thing that ever happened. Right. I mean, so I think that the sort of preposterousness of American politics lends itself to humor in a way that it's still very serious and we always have to be serious about it. But it is, I mean, remember, like, think about right now... Get me a reverend. Get me John... John, (laughs) Right, okay. Think about yesterday's, like, big or the day before's big breaking news about Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani sexually harassed or in a very inappropriate sexual contact with a young girl, Mark Meadows, you know, Cassidy Hunt. While Trump is making the speech well, at the Olympics right. and John Eastman right. is leering. That, right. you know, it's, I, it, I, it's it, like it, out of Hieronymus Bosch. Right. Like to, yeah. Truly a horrendous, yeah. horrendous scene from a different century. But I want to point out, like, we could talk about Rudy Giuliani and look back at Rudy Giuliani's time in the Borat movie, where he did yeah, the same was, thing. Right, right. The Borat movie, yeah. supposed to be a satire. Like Sorry, right. right. Okay. So, I mean, it's just, I wouldn't be so irreverent if everything wasn't so insane. Right. Um, and in fact, if the if the actual touchstone is truth, then it really, how do you get at a, at a time where even that's up for grabs? But I shouldn't have said that because it's your turn. Okay, to ask yes. The question. All right. So Lawrence O'Donnell yeah. was on my podcast. Yeah. He's my buddy. Yeah. He said that a very, very, very high number of jury trials end in guilty verdict, like 90% plus. Is that true? And why? Well, a very, very, very high percentage of criminal prosecutions end in guilty verdicts, although they're usually by plea. Okay. But, you know, I'm here to to uh, tell you. So I went to law school, kind of last refuge of the amateur. Like <laughs> a lot of people, I thought I might be a defense lawyer. It's just by way of saying I'm not a fire in the valley prosecutor. Right. But it's just a fact like there's, you know, like facts we were just talking about to the prosecutors choose their their cases. Defendants are honestly mostly guilty. I have right. I, whenever I've gotten close to like a, it's just true. And it right. could be some solace. Maybe they have a good legal claim. I don't mean. Right. And I totally respect right. defense. But whenever I get close <laughs> to defense, I always say like over. So have you ever had like someone who didn't do it and they'll you know, I think this guy in 2014 maybe did. So 
you know, the evidence is so that they choose. Now, of course, in that's the, incredible. It, it, it really and it and it should be sort of reassuring because I know some people, especially in the age of Trump, have such um, fundamental mistrust for uh, law enforcement. And it is, you know, as the court said, the competitive business of ferreting out crime. Once you're once right. you're engaged, you don't want to lose. But in any professional office. There's a lot of cases out there, and somebody who you're going to have trouble proving, or, or God forbid, you're not sure did it, unless they are themselves, and you know for independent reasons, a real plague on the community, so you really want to dig, dig hard, kind of an Al Capone right. situation, you go to the next guy. So it's really the case. Now, trials are different because, beyond a reasonable doubt, you only need one, shit happens, uh, I was just thinking of this Fulton County uh, trial that's that's uh, coming up. She charges a RICO. We're going to have two people sitting there supposedly for four months while, what, a week of the evidence concerns them directly? You know, 12 real people sitting on the jury might think, what the hell am I doing here? Right. And their sort of human reaction, et cetera. So that can happen, especially if you count a mistrial. But the short answer to Lawrence O'Donnell, he's he's got a real vantage point. He's I don't know if you read his book yeah. about the big criminal case and stuff, but the real answer, don't uh, shoot the messenger. It's a fact. Almost all charged criminal defendants, certainly in the federal system, are guilty. My turn. Interesting. Um, <laughs> you said recently something kind of terrifying, which yes. is the media is giving us flashbacks to 2016. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think there's an, uh, sort of overarching question of this festival of, you know, where do we stand after sort of eight years of Trumpism? How much is an in root and branch and how do you purge it? And I've asked this question. We had a journalism panel with Jacob Weisberg and Jelani Cobb and Katie Banner. And I just spoke with Major Garrett about this indictment. And everybody said, you know, guilty as charged of journalism back then for giving Trump so much airtime it, it right. as if they free were media, like $2 free, you know, calling in to yeah. and then they take the call uh, kind of as if, you know, he's this, I think there was a sense of which he was always a kind of um, attention gathering buffoon, but the joke was sort of on us, right? Yeah. So when I hear you say you're getting flashbacks, that suggests to me that those grievous and consequential errors are being replicated. Is that how you see it? One of the things that I wrote in that piece, which I think is is really, as I've, you know, sometimes I write something and I'll look back and I'll be like, oh, that was hey, not. No, I usually <laughs> oh, I, I think, oh, that was stupid. That's oh, not see. right. But Or it'll haunt me. But this I actually think was right, which was I, I said that Trump was treated as a joke and Hillary was treated as a fait accompli, that she was yeah. sort of going to be it. And he was really like a joke candidate. So if you covered him, the stakes were low because he had a 20 percent chance of winning, right? After he won and we were grappling with how to cover an autocrat, that was a different story. There is some feeling now, right? Biden is, he won once against Trump. I mean, what's so interesting about being a writer and being on the opinion side is that I see these anxieties boil up. And sometimes they are the anxieties of straight journalists and politics editors. And and sometimes they are the fantasies, right? And last night at this talk that I was at, Chris, uh, Chris, Chris Hayes, Hayes yeah. said, 
he said something brilliant. He said the age issue is is a great issue if you don't know anything, right? right? Like political journalists love it because it's meaningless, right? You can say he's old and you have to say, right. yes, he's old. And the other guy says, right. yes, he's old, right. right? And Trump is three years younger than Biden, like right. fundamentally, you know, it's just so meaningless. But the child tax credit and the nuances of legislation, something that Trump has never been guilty of legislating, is more substantive and harder to write about, which is oh, true. What you're seeing, the flashbacks to 2016, are not the sort of slavish attention to Trump, but the simplicity of storyline narrative. Yeah, I mean, fine and old. It's just, and it's also just this sort of way that the media. And again, I don't want to blame the media because the media is super important, and we're part of it, right? Like the idea, people, right? When they call out the mainstream media and they're in it, it's very annoying. So I would say, I think the the thing that I worry about is that. There it seems to be stories kind of come from groupthink and sort of go around, and sometimes they influence real. Like sometimes they're meaningless and they go away, right? Like you know, but sometimes they influence voting, and sometimes they actually create themselves into being. And and I think of like the Hillary email story, right? Like. She was sloppy with her emails. Is she a criminal mastermind? No. Was she treated like she was a criminal mastermind? So, well, there was a question. And that's, for example, like the Hunter Biden gun charge, right? Like he didn't dispose of the weapon, like a federal gun charge. Okay, now we go to your question. How usual is what Hunter Biden was charged with? The choices are A, very unusual, B, non-existent. And I can go in with B in this, but you, ha- you do have to understand DOJ policies because that crime's on the books. Right. They'll occasionally have recourse to it, but those occasions are be- because of an X factor. Right. For example, the Being guy- the you know, son of the president. Well, no, that, right. that's, the, that's the Y factor right. here, or the Z factor, right. the B factor. Yeah. But no, it's like- the guy who lied on the form used the gun to commit another crime. Right. The guy who lied on the form was a straw purchaser. Right. The guy we happen to know is responsible for 20 to never, though, right. just a freestanding charge. And I've really plumbed the depths. I can't find a single case. And, you know, as you say, it's not simply he didn't have 11 days unloaded in the in the dumpster. And then he throws it out. The girlfriend throws it out. Yeah. And then they call. The FBI, they wouldn't have even known about it. Exactly. So, not so I'm calm and I've written, you know, this, he, he was charged with a crime. His offense is being the, the, you know, it was his last uh, name. So that's right. really bad. Wish you can please. ask me an Erica John question. If no, you I want just to want know. to transmit my gratitude okay. because, oh, like many fifteen-year-old boys, I oh, an Erica John question. All right, here we go. The yeah, here we the, go. the book. Yeah. I remember almost yeah. every page Jesus of the Christ. scenario right. in the train. This is great. Oh God! Oh, I'm so like, I'm like so talking so, about my mother. It was so exciting. But I mean, I just few things I like more than talking about my mother. All right, so I was going to ask you about polling. No, so let's just go straight to your mom. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, God. Oh, you, yeah, your this choice. is the great joy but, of my yeah. life is talking about my mother's was, sexual I mean, activity. Really, I mean, I literally I yeah. found the book on the third floor. Yeah, all right. Well, let's talk about polling. Yeah. I feel like we could all talk right. about polling. So here. here's my as so much as, as I love this. Yeah. So I know. I just will you please transmit from Carolyn of Talking Feds my gratitude for her elevation to a 15 year old boy. Yes. All right. Oh, that is really. I can't wait to have that conversation with her. I'm counting the minutes. If you want to do a sidebar, yes. Okay, okay. Um, 
polling. So I, I this vexing question of Biden's fine stewardship of the economy and all these things. But besides that, yeah. compared to what? Yeah, yeah. And the autocrat 91 count criminal. I think you've written very, and I think thought quite a lot about polling. Yes. And I think there's a sense in which the sour mood of the nation, I think of Groucho Marx and horse feathers and whatever it is, I'm against it. And whenever, so when you say Biden, you're going to get trapped, you know, right, you're going right. to wind up with a tie. But it doesn't really augur a tie electorate. Um, and in part yeah. because of, polling and the mood of the electorate today. Thoughts? Okay, so national polling is bullshit. And it's been bullshit. Yeah. National. Am I allowed to, yeah. to curse well, yeah, here? Because this is not I, I, table I'm news. I'm trying to think of a word we haven't said on uh, talking fence, but I can't. National yeah. polling is bullshit. Yeah. We don't elect with a popular vote, yeah. number one. Yeah. And number two, national polling in 2015, when polls were more accurate because we had more landlines, had Hillary Clinton at a 93% chance of winning the presidency. So Remember that day? Seven is <clears> now. <throat> oh, no. I still, from looking at that yeah. needle. So, so number one, yeah. that is just a meaningless indicator. I think polls are, you look at polls for trajectories. You look at, obviously, if somebody drops in polls, you know, in a, in a sort of stratospheric way that you look at that. But I think that we've seen really again and again that polls tend to underrepresent. Underrepresent really the truth. And I think of the Lauren Boebert Adam Fresh runoff that, you know, that was a congressional seat. We had him on his, our, on my podcast in 2021, 2022, before that midterm election. And everyone said, you're crazy. So he lost by 500 votes. Who was that math man? <laughs> you know, a producer has real PTSD when he's like 500. <laughs> but the money, if he hadn't had those bad polls, he would have raised more money. And he would have won by 700, 500 yeah. votes, whatever. So fuck so, polling is right. what you're saying. Well, I'm just saying <laughs> that say it, say it, fuck I'm, polling. There you go. All right. I'm um, looking forward to producer, that getting taken out, out of time, context. Molly, such a pleasure. Thank uh, you, Harry Littman. What it you. is. That's it for this episode of Fast Politics. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to hear the best minds in politics make sense of all this chaos. If you enjoyed what you've heard, please send it to a friend and keep the conversation going. And again, thanks for listening. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.